episode 39. This episode brought to you by ReelsandTackle.com, your family-owned online tackle store. Welcome to the Telltale Fisherman Podcast, where avid anglers share the story of their best fishing day ever to inspire yours. Now it's time for another epic adventure. So here's your host, John Woodson. All right, welcome to the show. Today's guest is Captain Kevin Cannon coming to us from sunny South Florida. Captain Kevin, how are you, man? Very good, thanks. I have been looking forward to this interview for quite some time. Um, we've had it scheduled for a couple of weeks here, and uh, I'm just pretty jacked about the kind of fishing you do. As uh, the name of your uh, charter uh, service uh, indicates, the Peacock Bass Adventures, you go for the exotics down there, right? Yes, sir. We have a, a wide range of uh, exotic freshwater fish down here in South Florida. But uh, the peacock peacock bass is pretty much the uh, the king of the show down here. Um, you can really only find them in three counties in Florida, uh, Miami-Dade, Broward County, and Palm Beach County, where I fish. Mm-hmm. So it's a pretty localized uh, area of uh, a good population of peacock bass. So um, I find people from all over the country who are, um, you know, used to catching largemouth bass or smallmouth bass or stuff like that. Um, you know, they see these peacocks on TV or in uh, magazine articles or online or whatever, and um, there's really only South Florida other than, you know, going to Brazil, right. uh, uh, South Florida is the place to come catch them. So uh, it's a great fishery we have, but there is, you know, all sorts of different cool exotics that people have uh, let go from their fish tanks <laughs> that really spices the fishing up. <laughs> yeah. We're going to talk about those a lot more here and, uh, some of the other things you catch, but before we get to that, uh, let's, let's just, uh, have you tell us a little bit about yourself, you know, where you grew up and, uh, you know, how you got into fishing. Well, I actually grew up in Delaware. Oh. Um, I lived there. Uh, uh, I grew up there till I was 22, and then I decided to move to South Florida to become a fisherman. Oh, okay. Um, and yeah, so I moved uh, to Alamrata back oh, in 1995, yeah. which is down in the Keys. Yep. And uh, I became a, a charter boat mate down there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was a mate for about seven years. Um, then got my captain's license and an opportunity presented itself to run a charter boat. So then I became a captain. Um, and then after 11 years in Alambrada, I moved to West Palm where I am now. Um, I fished four more years offshore up here. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, started to notice the great, uh, peacock bass fishery, uh, that we had and was dabbling in that and, uh, and made the transition over to freshwater guiding oh, about five years ago or so. Wow. Yeah. So how, how did that come about making that transition? You know, I, I it would seem that most people would kind of go the other way, you know, work up to bigger boats and bigger fish and all that. And, and you actually yeah, kind of yeah, transitioned with the other of, way. I, yeah. I went backwards. Um, <laughs> yeah, well I used to uh, like all my, you know, when you fish offshore, um, you know, for a living, it's great. You know, I've caught sailfish, marlin, all the big stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I used to like to do with my off days, believe it or not, was jump in my John boat and kind of get back to my roots and just go bass fishing. Yeah. So I started just uh, fishing for largemouth bass in, in Lake Ida and the canals that are attached to it here in Palm Beach County. Um, and sure enough, every now and again would pick up a peacock bass. Mm-hmm. And I realized, you know, how much harder the peacocks fight, yeah. how beautiful they are. And I kind of got, um, kind of fell in love with them. And I was like, yeah, you know, these, these are a cool fish. I want to pursue these a little more. And as I got better at it, um, I realized, you know, I could actually, you know, guide for these things because there is a, a ton of them in the Lake Ida 
and um, you know attached canals. Hmm. And okay. so I just I just kind of transitioned out. You know, um, I, I did a, a long time offshore. It's a great thing, but you know, weather and uh, diesel engines, sport yeah. fishing boats. It, it's a lot of maintenance, a lot of keep up. You know, it beats you up. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I transitioned over to a little bit easier deal. Um, and the fishing is so great in, uh, in our system here, you know, the peacocks mixed in with the largemouth and some of the other species we'll talk about later. Um, it's a great fishery that people really enjoy doing. So it was, a, it was an easy transition. Yeah. And I bet the, uh, fuel and maintenance bills are a whole lot less on a, uh, <laughs> a freshwater boat than that offshore boat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The overhead on a 50 foot sport fishing boat, uh, compared to, uh, a flats boat, an 18 foot flats boat, the overhead is, um, it's a lot different. So yeah, it's, it's made it, um, it's streamlined my fishing a lot more. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, it's just a fish I, you know, kind of slowly became obsessed with. So I love chasing them. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you mentioned the weather too, I guess it's a whole lot easier to, uh, plan for the weather, you know, when you're going out on a lake instead of out on the big pond there. Right. When it's, when it's blowing 25 miles an hour out of the east, and, uh, you know, we may have to cancel a trip out on the ocean, but it's not a problem on the lake. Yep. You just, just go to the east shore of the lake, right? And, and fish over That's there. That's it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. You can always duck away from the wind and you don't have to worry about seven foot seas. We were kind of alluding to some of the other species that you catch, some of these other exotics that have been released into the uh, waterways down there in the lakes that aren't native to Florida. Can you tell us about some of these other kinds of fish? Yeah, you pretty much, you know, South Florida, the... Um, you know, the temperature range down here is perfect for a lot of the exotic fish that, uh, you know, may normally reside in other countries, South America, Central America, yeah. Indonesia. You know, the temperature here is perfect for them. Um, now, the peacock bass, I'll say, they were actually introduced um, by the state of Florida on purpose oh, really? way back in 1984. Yeah. Oh, so they're technically not an invasive species. They were released on purpose. Um, they were released way down in Miami mm-hmm. and through the years have you know, spread themselves out up here through Palm Beach County. This is about as far north as they come. Um, but they were released on purpose. Now, all the other exotic fish, the clown knife fish, which we catch, um, you know, the jaguar guapotes, the Mayan cichlids, red-tailed catfish, all these are fish that people had in their fish tanks that were probably two or three or four inches long. Mm-hmm. And for whatever reason, they, they just turned them loose, you know, in the freshwater canal systems somewhere here in South Florida. And, you know, they flourished. Right. Now, the, the cool thing about that is I get, uh, you know, a lot of people always ask me, well, aren't these invasive species pushing out the native fish? And the answer is no. Um, mm. The largemouth bass population, you know, your bluegills, your crappies, um, your channel cats, they're all in there living alongside of everybody just fine. No, nothing has been pushed out. So it well, makes a really hear. cool fishery. Yeah. yeah. I mean, on any given cast, you know, if you go fishing with me, any given cast, you're liable to catch a peacock bass, a largemouth bass, you know, or a clown lightfish. You know, it could be could be any of the you know those above. Um, and we definitely have a ton of largemouth bass, you know, in the lake and canal. We, we we catch plenty of those. I don't. It's not that I don't promote largemouth bass. It's just most people that book me want to catch exotics. But right. then when we're out there, we may catch thirty peacocks and thirty largemouth right alongside them. And <laughs> there, I've I've yet to have someone complain about that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's a classy problem to have, right? You catch a big, largemouth yeah. bass when, oh man, I really wanted a peacock. <laughs> right. Yeah. You probably yeah. don't get people, that. People too don't much. complain too much. Yeah. Nope. So, what you were saying, in any given cast, you could catch any one of those three. So, I, I take it by that you're using the same tackle to catch all of them? 
Yeah. Yep. My, my tackles, uh, I like to go light. Um, Mm -hmm. so I use, um, six pound spinning gear. Um, Oh, okay. I I actually put, um, 20 pound power pro braid on, but that's got the diameter of six pound mono. Right. Um, and then I, I top shot it with two feet of uh, 12 pound fluorocarbon. Okay. They're just down to a small, a small live bait hook. Yep. Um, 90% of the fishing I do is live bait fishing. Okay. Um, okay. Just cause you know, with, you know, with customers, uh, right. people that book me typically don't fish a lot on their own. Right. So they don't, you know, they're not familiar with using lures. They're not great at using lures. Plus, um, having them wing lures with treble hooks around near my face is, uh, <laughs> not the greatest thing. So That's a little scary. It's yeah. just easier. Yeah. It's just easier to give them the old single hook rig mm-hmm. and, uh, and put a live bait on there. And, uh, and then, then they end up catching a ton of fish. So that's the tackle I use six pound spin. And, um, like I said, you know, we could make a cast, you know, uh, typically I fish like docks or seawalls or bridge pilings, um, or weed beds, you know, you could be fishing along any of those structures and be whaling on peacock bass. And then all of a sudden pick up a half a dozen largemouth bass. And then here comes the crown knife fishing into the mix. Um, they're all, you know, like I said, kind of mixed and matched in there. So on any given cast, when you get a bite, you're really not sure what it's going to be. Right. So I, I guess then if they're eating the same bait fish, that most likely they're all going to hit the same kinds of lures, the, the typical bass lures that the guys use. Yeah, uh, especially the largemouth and the peacocks will go after um, the same type of lures. But what you have to do if you want to catch peacocks, if you're a largemouth bass fisherman, you got to um, kind of get away from the slower presentation of soft plastics, you know, like plastic worms and, mm-hmm. uh, and jigs and stuff like that. Um, they will not work on the peacocks. They like something moving a little faster. So, mm. you know, rapalas, X-wraps, um, you know, swim baits, stuff like that, which you'll catch plenty of largemouth on. That's what the peacocks really want. Right. So if you're, if you're throwing artificials, you need something moving a little quicker. Now, is it, does that change throughout today? Cause I know the conventional wisdom with top water for bass is usually that's a, a morning and a late afternoon evening deal when they're more aggressive, but middle of the day they get, you know, lethargic or whatever and don't want to hit that stuff. Is, is it with that way with peacocks or do they always want it, you know, rough and yeah, ready? So here's, <laughs> the, here's the beautiful thing about peacock bass. Another reason I love them. Um, the big difference between their behavior and a largemouth bass behavior, um, peacocks are aggressive throughout the day. Um, mm. And they're also aggressive, you know, down here in South Florida in the middle of the summer when it's July, one o'clock in the afternoon, uh, peacock bass, they're ready to go. They want to bite. Even in that 95 degree water, huh? Oh, yeah. No, the, 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 the hotter, the better. They like it. Wow. Um, but, you know, the, the largemouth bass, obviously, in the warmer months, um, you have a small window in the morning to get yep. a bite and good and then another window later in the day but the peacocks will keep going right through the day but you know now this time of year we're in december coming into january february when it's a little cooler um they will both bite you know it's not a problem with largemouth in the middle of the day right now right but um you know warmer months yeah they're they're more traditional whereas the peacocks um right through the day doesn't matter bright sunshine they love it wow how cool is that is it so is it the same kind of a deal with the clown knife fish as well do they bite throughout the day they bite all throughout the day. Yep, absolutely. And uh, and they're very much like the peacock bass. They they like the warmer water, you know, the mm. best. Um, so, you know, 1 o'clock in the afternoon. Uh, they're not quite as aggressive. Um, I don't catch a ton of them on artificials. They're definitely more of a live-based fish. I've caught a few on artificials. But, ah, okay. Um, yeah, and, and they're the ones. They're, for such a big fish, they're very sneaky. You know, it's not like a hard, jarring bite. They're not going to rip the rod out of your hand. Typically, all of a sudden, the rod just feels like, wait, there's a little bit too much weight on there. And then you reel. <laughs> and uh, and then he'll, then he'll come alive and burn some drag and start jumping. Yeah, and I hear they can swim backwards, too, like backwards and forwards. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, absolutely. Oh, wow. if, you know, if you look at pictures of them and, and look at their tail, you know, they've got a fish body, but it, it kind of squirts down to a, an eel-shaped tail. Um, so they can absolutely put it in reverse, and they're pretty difficult to <laughs> get in your landing net because you'll get them right up next to the boat and try to lead them headfirst into a net, and they'll just put the brakes on and go backwards and swim right away from it. Oh, man, that sounds really cool. I, I got to see that sometime. <laughs> it, it's definitely cool. The first time I saw one do it, I was just totally perplexed. I'm like, what the heck just happened? He just went in reverse <laughs> and took drag. Yeah, that's not that, that doesn't compute in a fisherman's brain to see the fish start going backwards. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But now, you know, now I'm used to it, and I know they're, they're pretty difficult to bet. And they're uh, pretty good jumpers, too. They'll, they'll come, you know, two, three feet out of the water, and they can bend their entire body in a complete U. Um, wow. You know, shaped. So yeah, it's really cool. Wow. Oh man. Well, I got to come see this sometime for sure. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Well, when we get back, Captain Kevin is going to share an epic freshwater fishing story with us. So stay tuned. Here's a tip for you about sunscreen. I noticed that many of my sun shirts that I use for fishing were getting nasty rust colored stains on them around the hand and neck areas. Unfortunately, It would not wash out, no matter what I tried, and we all know those pretty fishing shirts are not cheap. As it turns out, that staining is caused by an additive which is in many sunscreens, especially the spray-on kinds that I used to use often. Thankfully, there is a brand of sunscreen that is specially formulated without that additive, so now those pretty shirts stay picture-perfect. Check out our gear page at www.tell.fish gear. We have a link to this sunscreen for you there. Okay, we are back with Captain Kevin, and I have given him a pretty difficult assignment for somebody who uh, fished offshore for umpteen years and now is a uh, freshwater peacock bass guide to, to try and single out a day you know, one of his most epic days to share with us. I, I know it has to be hard to pick, but uh, just wondering what came to mind for you when you started thinking back over all that crazy good fishing you've done. Well, I'll give you uh, two two good examples of uh, recent trips here that were uh, pretty epic. And um, one was I actually had a, a fellow book me uh, just by himself, a single angler, which I get sometimes, you know, mm-hmm. usually it's two or three people, but single angler. And uh, it was funny because he asked me in the morning, you know, he shows up and he goes, so what do you think the chances of us catching a peacock bass are? And, you know, I, I kind of chuckled to myself because, I mean, we, we average, you know, 30 to 40 of them just on a half a day. So I said, I said, the, chance, the chances are pretty good, pretty good. Mm-hmm. So we start fishing. We weren't fishing maybe 10 minutes. And uh, he had racked up eight or nine of them already. <laughs> and he asked me, he says, he says, how many have we caught? And I, I said, I don't know. I think about eight or nine. And he says, no, I'd, I'd like you to keep like a hard count. Let, you know, let me know. Oh, I said, oh, okay. We fish another five minutes. He catches another four or five. Asked me again, how many have we caught? I said, 14 or 15. He says, cat, I'd really like you to count the fish today, please. I said, all right. So now I got serious about counting. So at the end of the day, when the smoke settled, he had caught 92 um, assorted peacock and largemouth bass. Whoa. So that was, yeah, that was, and that was just one angler. Every bait that went out of the boat, was getting bit. He was either catching them or, you know, missing the fish, but just catching, catching, catching. And uh, that was a pretty epic day of fishing. And I had never really kept a hard count before myself. I'd always just kind of guessed. And I was surprised at the end of the day as well that the, the tally was 92. 
Right. You're going to have to get one of those little uh, clickers, you know, you wear on your belt and like every <laughs> time they get one, you're clicking the, the number. The only reason I haven't got because people say that to me all the time. The only reason I haven't got one, I don't want to jinx it. Buy the clicker and then all of a sudden I don't <laughs> <You're> need it. <right. laughs> yeah, so I'll, no just, I'll just do my math in my head. But And, and another uh, real cool story was, you know, speaking of how the, the largemouth bass and the peacock bass um, inhabit the same waters and you don't know what you're going to catch. Um, not too long ago, we caught a nice peacock bass that was kind of hanging out under a bridge. Mm-hmm. And I pulled the boat away from the bridge to take a nice photo, um, you know, get out in the sun, put the sun on the fish. So yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. My, I, had, I had two anglers on the boat that day. So the angler on the bow is holding this peacock bass, you know, up for a photo and I'm pointing the camera and I heard a big splash like right next to the boat. So I look over and there's like a huge bluegill. He's like half alive and he's just kind of doing circles and kicking on the surface. I'm like, whoa. And then I see this bass come up and try to eat him again. That's what made the splash. Okay. Like, Holy moly, there's a big bass like right next to the boat. So the guy in the back still had a live bait on. I said, just put your uh, bait right on top of that bluegill there. I mean, he barely had to flick his wrist and his bait lands. And this bass comes up and crushes his bait. You know, we fight it for, it seemed like forever. Finally get up next to the boat. And my eyes are as big as saucers. Ended up weighing just over nine pounds. Whoa. And that fish, that fish snuck up on us while we're just trying to take a picture of a peacock bass. <laughs> so I was... That was a pretty neat deal, you know. Yeah, you know that's a that's a really interesting point you you make there with with how it snuck up on you. But I mean that was right there by the boat, right where it hit. Oh uh, yeah, I'm I'm telling you, it was five feet from the boat. When when I heard him splash the first time, I thought water came in the boat. He splashed so big right next to us. <laughs> so I'm guessing he must have been down under the boat chasing that bluegill around and injured him enough that the bluegill came to the surface half dead, but he was still swatting at him, and we were able to you know, right place, right time, and just drop a bait right on top of that bluegill, and he crushed it. So do you find that with with the peacocks and the bass and I maybe even the clown knife fish that they're not boat shy at all, you know, that they'll be going off right by the oh, yeah. boat? Uh, yeah, I've, I've caught many. A lot of times what I do with um, my anglers, you know, if I'm getting the boat into, like, the perfect position to, you know, cast up toward a seawall, I'll bait them up and I'll say, just hold your baits in the water till. I get you where you can make a good throw. So they're literally just, you know, their baits dangling off the rod tip. They, they dunk it in the water to keep it alive till I'm ready for them. And I can't tell you how many times I've had them catch fish just holding their bait in the water. You know, peacock come up and slam it or a bass. One time I've had a clown do that, but I can't count the amount of times that peacocks or largemouth have done that where we just dip in the bait in the water to keep them alive and, and you know, it gets inhaled. Just, just right there next to the boat, huh? Three feet of line from the rod tip. <laughs> Wow, I think that just goes to show how aggressive they are. You know that they don't care if there's a boat or anything else. If they want to bait, they're no, gonna get it, no. huh? That's it. Yeah, absolutely, for sure. So, what I've always heard of for peacocks, you know, seeing you were talking about down in South America, you see these guys that go fish for them on I don't know the Amazon or wherever else, and they they use topwater yep. plugs. Now, do you yep. ever go out and specifically target them with with topwater to get some of those? crazy awesome bites yeah i'm i'm glad you mentioned that because a lot of the people that come fish with me that's the image burned in their head and that's what they want to do or think we're going to do um they will bite top water but not nearly like you see on tv with those fish down in the amazon um uh, at least okay. where, where i fish um lake ida and the canals there is a huge thread fin shad population so those fish are locked in on eating shad. And in fact, that's what I usually catch for bait. I'll catch my own shad. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're locked in on those shad. So trying to get them to eat anything that doesn't really look like a shad, sometimes they'll bite it. 
but not nearly like, you know, you think, oh, let me just throw a popper out there and rip it across the surface. Sometimes they will, but you could be in for a long day of, um, you know, of using surface lures and waiting for a bite if, uh, you know, if you, if you went that route. So I have a feeling that it's just, you know, depending on where you fish, you know, those fish down there in the Amazon, maybe the food source isn't, you know, as good and they got to mm-hmm. eat whatever that comes across their path. And that's why they crush those things. But right. where I fish, I mean, I'm, you know, probably hundreds of thousands of shad in that lake. And, uh, you know, they're, they're definitely keyed in on that. Right. And I wonder if the water clarity has something to do with it. You know, maybe down there it's murkier or whatever, and it's a lot yeah, easier yeah, to hear. And, listening, listening to that popper and keying in on the, you know, the sound and the vibration of it. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's really interesting. I, I hadn't, uh, I didn't know there was a distinction in behavior from, you know, how they are here versus down there. Oh yeah. And they're, they're two, really, they're two different species. That's why you see um, you know, those fish in the Amazon growing to such large size, you know, 15, 20 pounds, whereas, you know, our peacock bass here, you know, a real big one is seven or eight pounds, which is a nice fish, but oh, yeah. um, we have butterfly peacock bass and they, they top out at least here in Palm Beach County, they top out right around eight pounds. Um, those yeah. ones down in the Amazon, um, I believe are called spotted peacock bass or speckled mm-hmm. peacock bass. And those are the, the real jumbos, but it's a slight, you know, it's like the difference between a large mouth and a small mouth, just a slight different species you know right so that you know that also could be a little bit of the behavior difference right it just just for uh, reference for the listeners um who may not be from florida um tell them tell them about the sizes of bass kind of our you know the typical range and what big bass are here for florida and the clown knife fish you know what what are some of the bigger sizes you can catch of those the fish i uh, the fish i catch you know so the peacock bass that i'm fishing for average uh, two to four pounds, okay. but you know, we, we catch plenty of five, six, seven pounders, you know, which is a real nice fish, but mm-hmm. your normal peacocks are going to be where I am two to four pounds. Um, the large mouth bass in here, it's kind of a little bit different. They actually average a little smaller. They average one to three pounds, mm-hmm. but they get bigger, like catching eight or nine, 10 pounders. That happens. That's not a problem. Um, but they just average a little bit smaller. And then the clown knife fish, uh, typically, the ones I catch are between four and seven pounds, but they get up to 15 uh, in the lake, which is a real nice fish, especially wow. on a six-pound tackle. Wow. I bet a fish that goes in reverse 15 pounds on a six-pound test? Oh, yeah. Man. Yeah, he'll put, he'll put it to you for sure. And, <laughs> you, know, it, you know, those clown knife fish, even, you know, an eight or nine-pounder is, you know, three feet long, 36, 37, 38 inches. That's a real nice fish. Yeah, that sounds like some uh, pretty epic fishing you've uh, stumbled into down there, and uh, I, I can't say that I blame you for uh, trading in your uh, your saltwater gear for that freshwater gear. Man, that sounds really cool. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. It's a great fishery, and uh, yeah, lots of action, and and people really enjoy it. Oh yeah, and the great thing about South Florida is, I presume you can uh, do that all year long, right? Yes, sir. Year round, twelve months. Um, the only kinks we get will be uh, like this time of year, December through maybe beginning of March. You just have the possibility, and we just had one last week actually, but um, you get the possibility of a cold front, mm-hmm. which uh, a South Florida cold front here is, you know, it might get down into the 40s at night and 60s during the day. Right. And if it's that two or three day period, the peacocks will definitely slow way down. Um, the largemouth will keep biting. Um, we actually have another fish in here called a sunshine bass. We haven't even mentioned. We can get to that in a second. Um, the sunshine bass will keep biting, but you, you could have a two or three day period where you need the weather to get back in the seventies, 
for the Peacocks to spark back up. Um, but other than that, 12 months a year, you know, maybe a couple of cold fronts during the winter where, you know, it gets a little bit messed up, but that's about it. Right. Okay. So I was just going to say, if the uh, listeners are interested in coming and trying this, any any time of year is a good time, right? Any time of year. Absolutely. Okay. Well, we're going to have links to, you know, all your social media and website uh, with our show notes page. So if anybody wants to uh, go out with you, you know, we'll have it right there for them to find you and, uh, man, go get onto some of this epic action anytime. Yeah, absolutely. I promise uh, if you come do it, you will absolutely have a blast and catch a ton of fish till your arms fall off. Oh, I bet. I bet. And, and you just mentioned the uh, the sunshine bass. Uh, you want to just tell everybody about that real quick? Yeah, real quick. I, you know, somehow we got away from them because since they're not an exotic, uh, you know, they're they're not as cool or whatever. But um, it's probably a fish you know of. They're all throughout the country. They're just called different names. But right. basically, your hybrid, your hybrid striped bass, mm-hmm. um, we call them sunshine bass, you know, cross between a striper and uh and a white bass or a white perch i've heard them mm-hmm. called wipers in other areas yeah, um, yeah but yeah so we have those uh plenty of those too and a lot of times like when when we do get these cooler temps i'll uh, i'll target some uh, sunshine bass too throw those in the mix and they are uh, absolutely hard fighters and i call uh i call it a lake ida super slam but it's not uncommon to get your peacocks your largemouth your sunshines and a clown license you know all on one trip oh man yeah, that's that sounds like an epic day to rival any uh, inshore saltwater day or any other type of fishing yeah. for that matter. Yeah, it really is. It really is. Well, yep. well, you have uh, definitely uh, got me fired up about getting, you know, renewing my efforts to get back down to South Florida and do some of that fishing because, man, that just Absolutely. sounds like a whole lot of fun. Yeah, you got to cross it off your bucket list, man. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Well. Captain Kevin, man, thanks so much for coming on and uh, telling us all about that and sharing those couple stories, man. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. Absolutely. As much as I would love to fish every day, like most folks, I actually have a day job. This rod and podcaster is a patent attorney during the week. If you or someone you know needs help with any patent, copyright, or trademark matters, just drop me a line and I'd be happy to help. I have a sneaking suspicion we may even talk a little bit about fishing. This has been the Telltale Fisherman Podcast. Thanks for sharing another great tale with us. Be sure to check out the show notes page for more info on today's show and the gear we talked about. Keep those lines tight and we'll catch you next time right here on the Telltale Fisherman Podcast.